This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey everyone, welcome to Dune Talk. If you're joining us for the first time, know that this is the official show of DuneNewsNet.com. This is the place for all the latest news, reviews, and exclusive interviews, whether it's the movies, books, TV show, games, comics, or collectibles. If it's Dune, we're covering it all of it here. And believe it or not, today you're watching or listening to the 40th Dune Talk show. So a uh, great milestone there. Like really uh, want to thank everybody for all the support up to, up to now. Um, yeah, and it's it's a great time to be a Dune fan with uh, with Dune Part 2 uh, movie currently in production, uh, Sisterhood TV show, and that's not, uh, that's on the horizon. And uh, almost every month we're we're hearing about new uh, new properties. So it's 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 been a while since uh, the few, uh, full crew was uh, was on this show, and yeah, can't, just can't wait to talk to uh, uh, with them about everything that's happening in the universe of uh, of Dune, like uh, these past uh, weeks over the summer. Before that, though, I have one uh, special announcement. Um, thrilled to reveal that uh, DuneNewsNet.com will be present at Fanex Salt Lake. Uh, so that's on September twenty second to twenty fourth. Uh, we're going to be hosting uh, two Dune panels at the convention, and we're going to be uh, there at a booth for all three days. Uh, plus, there will be a giveaway. So a lot more details to, to follow. But um, yeah, if you happen to be at that convention, uh, we, uh, we'd uh, look forward to meet you there. So, And this is uh, Marcus speaking, uh, editor-in-chief at DuneNewsNet.com, and I'm here today with all three Dune Talk co-hosts. Hey, everybody. It's Garen. It's really great to be back with everyone, back with the guys. Um, I, I really miss this interaction that we have and our our mutual interest in in dune so i just wanted to also just mention how excited i am about uh the the salt lake comic-con uh which is actually called fan x um and uh, i'm i would love to meet any of any of the folks that follow us and and i'm excited to be on the panel and, and discuss some of the things that we feel so strongly about dune so really looking forward to that if you can join us that'd be great Absolutely. I am uh, super stoked. I don't anticipate that I will be able to make the journey. Unfortunately, I'm very jealous uh, and will be missing uh, everyone, of course. But great opportunity for us and uh, very grateful for that and looking forward to what comes out of that experience. Um, but the 40th episode, just really uh, excited about that. Pretty cool milestone. Uh, we've been chugging along now for well over a year at this point. Um, and just, uh, again, grateful for everyone that's been supporting us, listening, watching, I suppose. I know some people love to sit down and watch it, which I think is just really great. And it, it means a lot because, you know, I always say this, but I would love to sit around and kick it with these guys and talk Dune if no one was listening or watching. But having some added, um, you, know, you know, fan experience, community experience is always a plus. And as Dune just grows and becomes more popular, I think that that's a great opportunity for that kind of uh community so thank you all again and uh well here's to another 40 and uh and dune part two and all that good stuff and we'll be talking more about those details uh throughout the show today hey everyone simon here yep super excited about utah uh i've never been there so it's gonna be an experience um i used to go to conventions a lot so it's been a hot minute since 2005 I'm going to get to talk to these boys. Maybe Johnny will zoom you in at the panel or something. Maybe we can figure something out. We'll have you remote. There you go. Uh, and thank you, everyone that found us through the Super 7 interview. That was a lot of fun, especially I get I got to talk about toys for a good half an hour. So excited about talking about Dune. It's been a minute since we've all been here. Awesome. Let's get into some movie news. Dune movie news. Back in our uh, July episodes of Dune Talk, um, we, we covered how the first days of filming Dune Part 2 took place early July in Italy. Uh, so remember, Florence uh, Pugh was uh, sighted there, so she's playing Princess Erlan. Uh, we saw scenes which may have been her, her bedroom or library, as well as uh, potentially in, in the garden. And then subsequently, we, we saw that the full-on production commenced in Hungary on July 22nd. And over the course of the summer, we've seen many, many photos of uh, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya in the streets of Budapest. Uh, and uh, other crew members have been uh, either um, had confirmed sightings there in photos or made their presence known on social media. Uh, Austin Butler, uh, Florence Pugh, um, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, uh, Javier Bardem, Leia Sudu, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista. So uh, all of them have, have been there for um, at least uh, some periods of time in, in the past uh, weeks. And yeah, it is uh, almost six full weeks of production that have uh, taken place already. 
uh, appears that there might have been a short break, at least for for a few of the stars uh, attending the the 2022 uh, Venice Film Festival. For example, Chalamet was there for his new film uh, Bones and All. Uh, production is far from over, uh, though. So uh, shooting in Budapest is expected to continue through early October. And then, as we reported earlier, there will be uh, five weeks of filming in, in Abu Dhabi, uh, the Liwa Desert, and they're also expected to return to Jordan. Simon, uh, you weren't on when we first talked about like the production beginning in uh, in Budapest. So out of all these photos and unofficial reports out of there, is there anything that's really stood out to you? I mean, I'm just, the first thing, obviously, is I'm excited that it's happening. The cameras are rolling, you know, digital files. I don't know if Denise shoots film. Johnny would know that better than I do, but it is happening. Um, I'm just happy that we got to start seeing, you know, what could be Frances uh, Erlon, let's, you know, call her by her name in the film, um, what could be her bedroom, what could be a desk. I remember there were some pictures that came out that were super pixelated. Someone had to like zoom in like at 300%. <laughs> and I remember going, look, there's a desk. There's a journal there. She's writing the journal. She's starting to write about Maudid. So obviously that's exciting. Um, I'm gonna, like I told the boys before we started recording, I want to run to, for president of the Austin Butler fan club. I am sorry if I ever, ever talked bad about him when I went Austin Who, when he first got cast. Uh, I saw Elvis, thank you HBO Max once again. Uh, do yourself a favor, go watch that movie. If you're curious about his performance, it is mind blowing, and can we say maybe future Oscar winner, Austin Butler in Dune Two? Uh, overall, super excited, and yeah, there was that little break for Xiaomi and Pew. They're both promoting their own films, and my friend asked me the other day, he's like, "Why do you have the Buddhist past weather on your iPhone?" I'm like, "I just want to see what's going on on the South Dune. How hot it is? Don't judge." Just chiming in as far as kind of what we discussed last time around. I know we talked a lot about different possibilities and just little things we'd seen here and there. Um, Obviously we haven't gotten a whole bunch since then. It's mostly just been bits and pieces, but it's been fun to see. Um, I think the main thing I'll just say is because I am, I'm uh, terminally online, unfortunately, (laughs) is that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, of, um, you know, posting by members of the cast, of course, Chalamet and, and Pew both going to Venice. So they've been on social media a lot. Um, and, you know, Brolin and, and even Momoa to a degree who, we you know, probably isn't in Doom Part 2, but uh, it's fun to see them interacting. And and Batista has been talking about, you know, coming back as Raban. He posted about how he usually has like some a kind of a big beard. Uh, and he just said that, you know, he had to shave it, had to go. And he was pretty much just completely I mean, because they're basically hairless in the uh, as the, the Harkonnen. So that was interesting to see him kind of look like he does in that movie where he's just almost kind of unrecognizable. Um, And so that was cool. I guess, final note uh, of the, you know, kind of little break that they were going on and then going back was Chalamet posting um, on his Instagram after he finished everything he was doing in Venice. He just posted that he was like a photo from the airport. And then another post with the Hans Zimmer's score ripples in the sand was the track that he had. And he said back to Arrakis dot, dot, dot. So they're pretty much locked in. I mean, yeah, they're off kind of doing little things here and there. Some of them are not going to be on set, you know, every single day. They have different scenes and schedules and whatnot. Um, doesn't mean that they aren't filming, but it is just cool to see. And, you know, Chalamet posted stuff from, from Venice. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. And just Brolin was in the comments, like, you know, with little heart emojis and like Florence Pugh was like, you're amazing. Blah, blah, blah. So it just seems like the rapport is good, um, you know, as we already knew it was from a lot of the folks that were returning, but it seems you know, by and large that the newcomers are also kind of gelling together, at least offset. So hopefully that'll translate to good vibes on set. Haven't seen or heard really anything to my knowledge about Walken, Christopher Walken yet. Um, I know Leia Seydoux, uh, Marcus might've mentioned, was spotted in hung- in Hungary in Budapest um, a little while back. So don't know if that, that was for actual filming or not, but it seems like everyone has been in Budapest for some period of time um, over the last month and a half. So pretty exciting stuff. And we have probably another month and a half or month um, left in Budapest before they go doing the desert shooting, which is going to be fairly extensive, certainly compared to the the first part. So really exciting times. I mean, it's going to be carrying us through into November before they're done with this thing. They'll be kind of pushing right up against that one year kind of release date uh, marker. So it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things. I think we've all said it. It's just like, I wonder what they're doing in Budapest right now. <laughs> I wonder what scene they're filming. I wonder what the weather's like. I think that's just funny. 
Um, and it, it's just fun to imagine because at this point we just, we just don't know. Um, and then someday we'll know pretty much everything. So I just, I'm enjoying that kind of period as much as I want to see everything and know everything. It's the unknown is also very fun. Yeah. I really enjoy just watching the posts from the actors. My theory is, is that maybe Christopher Walken is not as active on social media as maybe some of, some of the other actors are, maybe we are. Um, so maybe that's not, not why we're not seeing as much, uh, from him, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have had some experience uh, in, in industrial filmmaking in my past. And some people describe filmmaking as watching paint dry, but it's cool to see these actors really excited about it. And the fact that they are really invested into the source material, you know, into the, into the universe, you know, that, that the four of us love so much. So I don't know, I, I really enjoyed that. And, and the fact that part one was so successful you know, it's fun to see these actors, you know, riding that wave of excitement uh, into the into the next uh, shooting season. So, um, yeah, and, and kind of like what you're saying, Johnny, it's like I really do want to see like some set stuff and some behind the scenes stuff. And then another part of me doesn't want to see anything at all because I just want to experience part two fresh, clean, clear. Mm. But, um, you know, if I didn't invite it to go over there and see some things, of course I would go. But... Right. I'll take the attitude of uh, I'll see it in uh, Denise perfect uh, edited version, but mm. I do like following what the actors are doing. It's fun. Yeah. I'm hoping that we get at least a little teaser image more than the clapperboard, but I agree with you guys. It's kind of like, Ooh, show me everything. Show me <laughs> behind the scenes. Show me like, we know Pew was on set. Did she wear a wig? You know, what was her outfit like? Right. But then in, I kind of want to just be blown away. I kind of, the problem with doing this show, we're going to start seeing images and we're going to break them down, but it's also kind of like, I want to be surprised. Yeah. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, Johnny, this was way before your time. There was a movie called Back to the Future. Oh, that came out. <laughs> and then Back to the Future 2 came out. And what was great about Back to the Future 2, you thought it was the end and then it had to be continued. And we had a trailer right after wow. the second part. I mean, there was obviously no internet back in 89 and all that but it was just like blown away kind of like oh my god what they're in the wild west now and that's what i kind of want with doing too i kind of don't want to see much and i get that you have to because of marketing purposes you know especially when we next summer i'm sure we're going to see a lot of images but it's also don't over star wars do it don't show us too much <laughs> keep it a mystery you know, yeah. and I feel like that's something that's kind of gone away now with big films. It's very much, let me show you all these images. Let's put out 20 different trailers cut differently. Mm. I want those. I want those trailers. <laughs> I want those TV spots next year, you know, but I also want to be blown away and being like, this is, wow, I did not expect that to be that. Yeah. And we were lucky with part one, you know, unless you saw that 20 minute preview, it was kind of very secretive, you know, and I believe the knee is going to keep some of the big twists and turns pretty mm -hmm. hidden. Like maybe we won't even see Erlon really that much or walking, you know, and the rest of the new cast and crew. But I was talking to someone earlier today on the phone and they're like, you know, that Dune part two really has a pretty amazing cast. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm very aware. So good times just all around. Yeah, you know, to your point real quick, um, like the the last thing that just came into my head, well, two things. I, you're right about like the trailers and things like that. I'm very curious to see how they kind of manage it, especially knowing that it's already, you know, it is part two. Like it's in the public conscious. They don't need to like go certain directions maybe that they wouldn't, you know, would feel like they did with part one. Um, I think one of the benefits of part two, which I do think has the possibility and opportunity to be even better than part one and much better potentially depending on how they do it. Um, is that I feel like you can show there's a way with part two that you can show more images and show more epic or like enticing or exciting things without revealing anything necessarily, if that makes sense. And for people that have read the book, probably kind of get a better idea of what I'm talking about. Um, things that could be out of context or just aren't that are, but don't reveal like plot points necessarily and things of that nature. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how they kind of navigate that. And then the other thing I was thinking about is even though we haven't seen a lot, I feel like when they're filming in the studio, that's typically when you see and hear the least amount of stuff. 
I feel like once they got to the desert, I know when they were shooting part one, like they were all posting about being out in the desert and being on lo- different locations and things like that on Instagram and, and, and that kind of thing. So uh, once they get out to Abu Dhabi and, and Jordan, I think we'll be hearing and seeing more just as they're being more um, mobile and that kind of thing. Maybe we'll get some sort of, we'll have some photography like snipers out there uh, trying to see what's going on. But uh, I know we've seen that in the past with some other movies. Um, so that's that's the other thing I would say is kind of on the horizon. Yeah, it does seem when, it, when it's uh, more out in the open, there's more of a chance to get at least some glimpse of, of what's going on, like like we got from the Beyond Tomb. Although, like, you know, that was a bit... Uh, couple of revealing photos but as mentioned they were low res you, you couldn't see all that much uh but yeah totally they're, they're keeping it secretive they, they've done that for the for the first movie and that totally makes sense i mean there will be uh plenty of exciting reveals uh next year that, that's a good point though about yeah we, we haven't really seen much uh, f- from christopher walken in terms of any appearances or, or like that i mean one of the things that I've, I've read and i'm not sure if this is still up to date but i've read in some of his, his past up uh, interviews about how he's never owned a cell phone, uh, things like that. So, you know, that could potentially be one of the explanations uh, there. So that, that'll be interesting. Or or it could be, you know, like, that they're really like saving him for, you know, like some key scenes in the movie and he's not going to be here as, as much as we, we, we think. But yeah, ho- hopefully we get uh, some someone photographing him soon. I'm kind of jealous of the no cell phone thing. Sometimes <laughs> I just want to throw my iPhone across the room, but then sometimes I just want to cuddle with it. So I... I don't know how I feel about that. Wow. I, I refuse to believe that. There's just no way. How do you function? How does he get a call from his agent to get his next gig? Like, how does that work? House line. House line. He has one of those, like, well, ter- like the old school phones. Very- turn. Yeah. That's disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> And in our uh, next uh, story, uh, still relating to the movie, is all the movement that has been uh, happening at the movie studios these, these past months. So there's been the merger of Warner Brothers and Discovery that's been sending waves through the entertainment industry. Uh, then just last week, it was reported that Legendary Entertainments uh, are exploring studio partnerships uh, after their contract with uh, Warner Brothers has expired. Uh, Sony and Paramount are contenders, although Warner Brothers um, remains in the, in the mix. Um, so, so Johnny, I want to hear your thoughts about both those stories, but especially pertaining to like how this could impact uh, Dune movies moving forward. The writing has been on the wall, I would say, for a little while regarding Legendary and WB's partnership. I mean, they're, you know, Legendary hasn't been like in a one-on-one relationship just with them over the last 10, 15 years. They have gone out to other studios, um, Universal, like being among them, um, which is actually not mentioned to be in the mix this time around. So, like they they uh, teamed on the Jurassic World first couple of Jurassic World movies and and um, but now it looks like after a few years back with WB they're looking to go somewhere else again and we also know that Legendary was also just uh, sold and and, and bought um, so that's kind of something else that's ongoing so there's a lot of moving pieces it doesn't really seem clear at this point what's going to end up happening all we know is that Warner Brothers they do have a deal to do Dune Part 2, which is already in production. That's not going to change. They're still going to go full tilt with that. I don't anticipate there to be any kind of effects due to this. And then they also have the uh, Godzilla versus Kong sequel, which comes out spring 2024, so a few months after Dune Part 2. But that should be the end of their relationship unless they manage to resurrect it and kind of re-up this deal. Um, You know, Paramount and Sony are the two biggest contenders right now. I mostly have good feelings about Warner Brothers, but that's more in the past. I mean, things are just so wild right now with them. It's hard to say what the landscape's going to look like or what that environment's going to look like. I think it's, like I said, the writing had been on the wall. Part of that would be due to the the deal that they did with HBO um, last year where they said, oh yeah, Godzilla versus Kong and Dune are going to be day and date for our streaming service. Um, you're not going to see anything of that. I'm sure now they paid them something um, you know, to cover that, but being blindsided like that is not something that folks are going to like, um, or feel comfortable with in the future. So you can see why they might want to go elsewhere. Paramount versus Sony. They both have their pros and cons. I mean, none of these studios are perfect. I do have an affinity for Paramount in the respect that they are a legacy studio. They are, they, you know, a studio that has been around for decades. They put out a lot of great films over the years. They have a commitment to, um, not small budget films necessarily, but like more mid budget or more high budget like dramas, not necessarily blockbusters. Uh, one of my 
most anticipated films of the entire year, actually probably my most anticipated at this point is Damien Chazelle's Babylon, um, which is a huge like kind of epic Hollywood movie. It's going to be rated R. And that is something that they are not hesitating to go into in green light. Um, you know, they've done Wolf of Wall Street in the past. They did Silence with Scorsese a few years ago, which was like kind of a huge gamble. Um, and they've also, of course, been in business with Tom Cruise for a while now doing the Mission Impossible franchise, as well as Top Gun Maverick, which has been one of the greatest box office successes of all time, just like mind blowingly uh, impressive. And I have been Mission Impossible specifically. I've been a huge fan of that franchise for a long time. And I think they've just gotten better and better. Um, that working relationship has only improved. They've given Tom Cruise and, and that that team more freedom. Um, and they're spending a ton of money and doing really impressive things with that. So to me, they stand out more as someone who I would like to see in the Dune business when it comes to movies and putting that on screen. I think they're willing to take risks and willing to put in money where they know maybe box office turns isn't the number one priority, but they are looking for some sort of artistic kind of uh, merit more so. Whereas with Sony, they're not a legacy you know, studio. They're not um, strictly in the business of movies. They are, you know, um, I mean, just look at the output of the last few years. You've had a couple of Venom movies. You've had Morbius. <laughs> You've had um, Uncharted, which I know some people like, but it's not really too close to like what the games are. And the games are a lot more cinematic than the movie is, which is ironic. Um, and then they have things like just random kind of offshoots that does anyone remember Bloodshot? I think that was in 2020. That was the Vin Diesel like uh, action movie. It's just they they are very questionable when it comes to certain things. So now they do have successes, of course. I know everyone loves the Into the Spider-Verse movie. And um, people were pretty high on Baby Driver when it came out, especially myself included. So they also have opportunities to take risks and that kind of thing. But I think Paramount seems like the more logical of the choices. I heard in one of those reports that Sony was like in pole position, uh, potentially. They have more money to throw, I would assume. Um, but it does make me a little wary uh, in that regard. So we'll see. Um, you know, Legendary, they've been kind of, they are not in a great position to like ask people to pay like a lot of money for them, unfortunately. Um, so they may have to just kind of take what they get. And, and if Sony's paying the most and that's what they'll go for, um, they have not had the greatest success, you know, financially. Their two biggest hits of like the last 10 years are the Jurassic World movies. And those weren't even at Warner Brothers. Those were with the Universal um and you know those are you know not the best movies in my opinion um but outside of that you know they've had some bombs you know the warcraft movie um, which did not do that well outside of like china and did not get a sequel um but they've also had some interesting successes like interstellar their, their work with nolan in general going back to to inception the dark knight films um but you know outside of jurassic world interstellar came out in 2014 that that was their most recent big hit, like apart from those dinosaur movies. So, you know, that kind of says a lot and we'll see the Godzilla movies have been kind of up and down for them. Dune was a pretty impressive hit, all things considered. And no doubt the awards run that it went on was also a major factor. Um, but Dune is, is such a hot commodity at the moment. It's I'm really just hoping that they are going to do a good job of like controlling that space and i think i trust the producers i mean legendary with um you know thomas toll and and um oh god the name of the other producers escaping me right now but they're they're you know i trust them and i think that wherever they go they should be able to put something together that's going to work for the fans and for denny and whoever else is involved going forward you know going back to what johnny was talking about sony Obviously, we all know they put out films, but my first then when I think Sony, and I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking about this, I think more PlayStations, I think more, you know, CD players or whatever, I think gear tech, and I don't think of them as a studio. And I do agree, Paramount would be a nice, classic legacy studio to take over Legendary. You know, one thing I never thought about, and my boss told me this the other day, he's like Pacific Rim was a universal um, legendary movie. And that was a big hit for them. I actually, I have a bad feeling that Warner Brothers might not be around in a couple of years. With everything that's going on over there, and I don't want to name stuff, but <laughs> the DC universe and certain actors might have caused that studio a big 
problem. And what's amazing, and I know this is totally going off topic, but as someone that loves film, if anyone has the chance to watch the offer on Paramount Plus, it is very interesting how The Godfather saved Paramount, that studio, because mm. that studio was going to be sold and was maybe not around at this time if The Godfather wasn't such a big hit. And Paramount has the opportunity of creating another, I, I know we always say Oscar winning, you know, legacy, awesome film history. But I think in 20 years, people will look at the Dune movies and not just because we're doing this podcast. They are groundbreaking. You know, people are buying them. Johnny posted something on Twitter the other day about how the sales are there for the 4K and Blu-rays. You know, people are hearing about it. I see people all the time telling me, well, I wish I would have seen it in the theater. Do you know if they're going to re-release it? So it is something that it is mainstream now. It's not that weird little sci-fi book that had that crazy 80s movie that people didn't like because of these actors, because of Chalamet, Zendaya, Butler, Pugh, you know, Christopher Walken without his cell phone. But still, it's just, it's a big step. And I actually think Paramount would be the perfect fit. It would be great also for their app. And I'm sure they can work with someone and be like, hey, we heard what Warner Brothers HBO did to you guys. We promise we won't do that. Don't worry, we're going to have it theatrically. But maybe we do something 90 days after it's out, we put it on our streaming service. Very much what Disney Plus does, 45 days after a movie's out, they put it you know, on Disney Plus. So I personally would love to see it at Paramount. I also heard the crazy notion Disney might be involved on some of the legendary pictures. I mean, I'm picturing Paul with Mickey ears and I don't want that, but I would go with Paramount. I love Sony products. I am a PlayStation guy more than an Xbox guy, but I think Paramount is where it should go. And it just makes sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my feeling about this is just, I care about the Dune franchise, right? So however it's going to be best supported and then artistically and creatively supported, that's the thing that I'm most concerned about. Because as much as we want to believe that the, the movie industry is all about artistic expression, it's about money. And, and thank goodness we have some incredibly talented artists uh, in mm. that industry. Um, but sometimes the the financials can negatively influence, you know, what comes onto the screen ultimately. So I guess that's, you know, I, I don't profess to know all the ins and outs of that, but as a fan, it would just break my heart to see something influenced by these, these uh, business related politics uh, mm. that would influence something like a franchise that is not only very successful, but it is going to bl blossom and become even bigger. I want to make sure the right, the right organizational business structures are in place to make that happen. I was going to say, um, I think maybe she's maybe eight years, nine, ten years ago when Dread came out, the Kyle Urban movie. Everyone, you know, Dread's a big thing overseas in the UK. I'm, I'm a big Dread guy. I even have a Dread tattoo somewhere. I don't even know where it is anymore. <laughs> uh, but um, that was supposed to have a part two, but because it did so poorly. And everyone that's seen Dread says that, oh my God, this was such a great film, all that. And they were set up to do a whole franchise with Judge Death and everything because it did so poorly, they backed up. So I get what you're saying about, sadly, filmmaking is more about revenues than creative, you know, like artistic visions. But I feel like Dune's not gonna go anywhere, Garen. You can keep your heart beating. It's still going to always be in our heart. And I I actually, you know, you can see maybe that Warner Brothers could take on the TV show, but the, sh the films go to Paramount. You know, there's been other franchises like that. I can't think of any for a while, but especially like me being the horror kid that I love. Like at first there was a couple, I think the first Scream movies were somewhere and then they went to somewhere else. Granted, you know, the last, two original screen movies were bad, but, and I think actually Paramount got the, the Scream, Scream 6, which is the new one that came out this year. But anyway, it could go to a different company and maybe the shows go one direction. Maybe Warner Brothers does focus more on shows than films. I mean, 
a big reason why Aquaman 2 got pushed back, and it's sad. It's not sad that, you know, Ben Affleck is filming more scenes, but the main reason why that movie's not coming out, I heard, is because they don't have the money to advertise that movie, to create marketing for it this year. So it's like, they're really hurting over at Warner Brothers. Um, Paramount and Sony in particular, because they are the ones that are being talked about the most. Um, you know, we should also keep in mind when it comes to Warner Brothers involvement with Dune, they do not make Dune, really. They pay for maybe 25, 20% of the budget. Um, Legendary, by and large, pays for the movie to be made. They have, by and large, the creative freedom over that movie. And then Warner Brothers does the distribution and helps do the awards campaigning and that type of thing um, and marketing. So that, that is something to keep in mind. That would hopefully still be the role um, in you know the uh, future, whatever the future holds for Dune movies, um, which honestly may be not that much, let's be real. Um, but we know that Dune part one is obviously in the can. Dune part two is safe and going forward with Warner Brothers. Um, and they have all the confidence coming off part one to see that through. I would presume that, you know, Sony and Paramount would want a similar kind of deal. Um, and we know in the past, assuming Denise sticks around and we get some more movies, potentially, um, he has worked, you know, under Paramount or with Paramount in the past. Arrival was distributed by Paramount, which got eight Oscar nominations and his first director nomination. Um, so they have a working relationship there. Uh, which is great. And then Sony, they were um, co-distributor on 2049. So, you know, again, not a situation where they were in the room on set making the movie with Alcon and those folks, but they did work together to make um, plans for marketing and distributing and everything. And I'm sure works directly with Denis and some of that. Um, but when it comes to actual creative freedom and the vision and direction, I trust Mary Parent, the producer um, at Legendary, Thomas Toll, Kale Boyder, those folks behind the scenes who we don't really talk about too much, but they do deserve a ton of credit for saying, Hey, let's bring in Denis. We want you to make this movie for us. And we're not going to try to tell you like what to do, just do it. And I think look at how well that has paid dividends so far. Um, I just, I trust them to do like the best thing, I think, um, which I know is hard to say in Hollywood sometimes, but I think they've earned a little bit of the benefit of the doubt so far. And then the, the last thing I think I would mention is, because people asked me this multiple times on Twitter when the story came out was how does this affect Dune Messiah? Like that was the thing that people just kept saying. And I would say at this point, it's, it's completely hypothetical, right? Cause Dune Messiah is not greenlit at this point. We don't know actual hard numbers of what Dune part two's performance is going to look like. We don't know what awards it's going to win, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's safe to say it's going to be just as good and probably bigger than Dune part one which would kind of line things up for a third and final chapter, potentially, as Villeneuve has kind of put it time and again. I think that, again, coming up part two with Warner Brothers, whoever wants to work with Legendary, I think one of their biggest talking points, one of their focal points is going to be a third Dune movie, like Dune Messiah. How can we make this happen? You know, what would the budget look like for that? What, what would the story look like for that? And I think that's something that Legendary could talk to Villeneuve about that they could discuss. Um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't look past the projects he's working on, but thinking long-term and trying to get a, a idea of the best working relationship. Um, there's not a Dune Messiah. There can be and should be and probably will be. Um, and I think, again, I trust Legendary more as like the steward of Dune to make the right decision and get a good uh, studio on, on board. And I think that whichever studio that is, be it Sony, Paramount, or again, somehow if they stay with Warner Brothers, I think all all three of those are going to be equally like Dune, Dune Messiah, whatever comes after Dune Part Two. Like we want to be a part of that. We want to help with that happen. Um, so I think generally folks can relax just a little bit because <laughs> it is something where we are just so speculative. But I, that is my thinking. I think that that kind of makes sense if we're looking at the progression of how these movies are going to go and how the franchise is going to grow with this show that's ongoing, which we're about to talk about, um, and everything else and the success we've seen so far. So. I'm not worried by this news by any means. I have preferences maybe based on prior things, but I think even if it goes to Sony, I'm not going to be disappointed necessarily, um, especially depending on the details of that deal. I'm just going to be thinking, okay, they obviously feel comfortable going with them. Hopefully that this is going to go, you know, in a direction that works out um, creatively and for the fans and whatnot. 
Um, and it's again, who knows when this deal is going to happen if and when it happens. Um, but this is not something that I think anyone needs to really worry about, especially since Dune Messiah. That's the other thing to keep in mind. It's not going to follow up right off the bat of Dune Part Two in 2026 or something. It's going to be a few years before that happens. So all of this dust will have settled well before then. Um, but again, thinking long term, I think that's kind of where we're heading is, is what I feel comfortable kind of parsing out right now. So, um, yeah, on a related note, uh, when we we're talking about uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery merger, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of concern because there, there was, you know, obviously uh, with the merger, there was uh, layoffs in certain departments, including uh, HBO Max when it came to their uh, non-scripted uh, department and people were concerned, okay, what, what does this mean for uh, for Dune's sister? Because we had just reported on, on rumors about uh, that just a couple of months ago. And uh, well, since, since, since the news of the merger came out. Uh, so basically, uh, HBO Max and uh, Discovery Plus are going to be merging into one United streaming service uh, uh, in 2023. Uh, exact timelines will, will follow. Uh, but it basically has been reported that uh, Dune the His Sisterhood is going ahead with production. So it, they're, they're working on the casting now and, and it is moving ahead. And in addition to that, we've had the confirmation from Production Weekly that it is indeed going to film in, in Ireland, um, which we had uh, reported on, on rumors uh, from, as well as uh, in uh, in Budapest. So, um, Garen, he hearing that that news that the TV show is is moving along, do you feel relieved? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Johnny talked me off a ledge with the, with the WB thing. So now, yes, I am very relieved. Um, I actually would have been, uh, I think I mentioned it to my wife, that I would be really sad. Um, I've really gotten into these, uh, you know, sort of these uh, series, you know, television series that allow the characters to really develop, you know, I mean, with the success of, of uh, you know, we have House of Dragon now and, and uh, you know, a lot of these series that have gone on for years and people really get attached to these characters because you can go to levels of depth that you just can't do in a two-hour film and that's what i'm looking forward to with this is the idea of being able to delve into these characters and the history i mean the dune universe just you can go 900 directions if you want to um to explore you know uh, not only you know sort of ethical morality you know political uh cultural religious aspects there's just so much to do there that i, I would have really been sad if this thing would have been shelved so no, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm just so curious now as to what kind of like tone and and design and and what will be the atmosphere of that of that show. Um, just really looking forward to it and relieved that it's still it's still going to happen. You know, we were talking about part two being the unknown mystery in a way, but I think the TV show is even more unknown. We know it's obviously a prequel to everything that happens in the first book. And I heard it's like hundreds and hundreds of years before. And what is great is it might be based on a little bit of Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson's book, but most people haven't read that. And I think just the title mostly is what they're using, but I think it's all new stories. So unless you go on Reddit and look at a bunch of spoilers when it's being made, it will be a mystery week to week. You know, we don't know if there's someone that will turn, maybe there will be someone that you think is going to be our main character and you find out she's working because, you know, the sisterhood, that she's not working for the Benedict Jesuits. Maybe we're going to find out about a new type of school also. You know, I also would love to see Benedict Jesuits just getting trained and like what Garen was saying, the politics, the religion, you know, how all this school of the future of Dune later on gets built early on you know by the way i don't watch house of dragons but did you i know johnny does did you catch the dune reference this week yes i did um that was fun very very fun um uh, simon are, are you wrapped up or should i should i hold oh on? yeah go go for it sorry man um no no absolutely um yeah so i'm i'm getting more and more giddy about this because I'm like in heaven right now with the House of the Dragon and even uh, it's not as popular, of course. I mean, Game of Thrones is like its whole own crazy phenomenon. But uh, the Rings of Power, I've also watched the first two episodes of that and really quite liked it and was actually surprised by how much I enjoyed it. 
and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to episode three. Just watched episode three of House of the Dragon over the weekend. Yeah, if you're a fantasy fan right now, if you're just a genre fan or a big budget like television fan, you're you're getting some of the best stuff you'll ever see. Um, some of the best stuff, at least to date. Um, House of the Dragon. It's like they've hit all the right notes to make you forget about how poorly Game of Thrones went downhill there uh, towards the end, unfortunately. Um, and just it's standing on its own, but it's also, um, you know, having some sort of throwbacks and connective tissue to the original series uh, while still pushing things forward and, and challenging you. And it just feels so good. It feels like those early days of Game of Thrones when it was largely about the politicking and the meaty dialogue scenes and the tension between just individual characters rather than whole houses and, and armies and things like that. Um, and so that, that's just been phenomenal. I think the third episode may have been the best one so far and I can't wait to see where that goes. And I just think of the possibilities, especially the fact that it's set up at HBO right now and is moving forward, thankfully after the, uh, the turbulence, let's say um, at Warner brothers and, and HBO. Um, he, I just the the possibilities are really endless, and knowing that you know Johan uh, Rensk is is one of the the directors at least for the first two episodes, and is a, an executive producer, and um, he's just a phenomenal like creative talent. And uh, I'm just thinking of that 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 level that they're kind of leading in with, and then seeing who else gets involved. What other writers are we going to see writing these episodes? Who are we going to see directing the other episodes? Um, there's just there's just so much and casting also is supposedly in, ongoing um and we may you know we said this back in april i think it was when we heard about johan uh you know becoming part of the uh, group uh the creative team I, you know we said by the end of the year hopefully getting into the fall or whatnot we'll hear more rumblings and maybe they'll start filming by end of the year or start of next year um and so yeah, I'm just I'm really, really excited and keen on all of this. And the locations make sense. Budapest, of course, that's where they've been filming the Dune movies, part one and part two. Um, they, so they have the space for that there. They have like the facilities. And then Ireland, I understand, is also a facility that they used for Game of Thrones, as a matter of fact, and maybe even House of the Dragon, although I'm not sure about that yet. Um, Budapest, they've also filmed other big shows there. Like uh, I know the the Witcher show has been filming there. Um, for the first couple seasons and things, things of that nature. So um, that makes sense. That lines up with what we would expect. And uh, let's just keep this ball rolling. I'm excited to hear more names drawing, whether it's behind the camera or in front of the camera. I am really impressed with House of the Dragon. One of the things I'll throw out there, just thinking about it, similar to Game of Thrones, it had a decent mix of like folks that you are, look familiar that you've seen in other things, but also folks that you're probably not as familiar with. Um, and I think that is also how I would like to see the Dune show approach it, perhaps. Um, maybe have one or two like bigger names or like more um, formidable names, whether they're TV actors or film actors. Um, I'm thinking about kind of, you know, who they have right now in, in the world of uh, Ice and Fire. And I think that that would be having that kind of some familiarity, but you're mostly just going into it learning to know these people as they are as the characters you're not really thinking about the fact that they're actors or that you know them from this or that um it's good for marketing of course and you want to have people to get folks excited especially if they're not that familiar with it um but that's just something i'm thinking about i'm i'm just keeping an open mind and i'm looking forward to to hearing more for sure because there's um a lot of possibility and especially in the storytelling i'm not as familiar with all the lore as, as you uh folks are by any means but um, I think that the time frame that we're hearing so far makes sense and that there's there's opportunities there and um, just got to hope that we hear something something more soon because I'm, I'm very I'm getting, just getting more and more excited. Um, and we also know, I mean, HBO thinking about their genre shows and big budget shows and the directors that they bring in. The Last of Us, we saw some of that first footage uh, and people were just like bouncing off the walls like with excitement about that. And that's coming early next year. Um, so who knows? I mean, maybe Dune sister this could be something that we see like early 2024 potentially you know after the part two comes out and after the last of us has been out for over a year and we're getting close to that so that's something probably in the next year and a half that we're actually going to see come to fruition um and again, it's just one of those things where i'd like to know everything but i'm excited to just be having all these possibilities i was actually surprised the other day my boss was like you know matt smith is in house of the dragons and i haven't been watching it because i'm not a game of thrones fan and i was like what and I had to watch the trailer with his crazy bleach blonde hair. I was like, that is Matt Smith. But as a Doctor Who fan now, I'm like, 
oh, maybe I want to watch this because I like Matt Smith as a doctor. So see, I totally get what you're talking about. If some people might be interested because of a certain actor or actress that might get them into it. And by the way, Lord of the Rings is beyond amazing. There was also a very small Dune reference in the, in the second episode, although it was uh, from a different perspective. <laughs> um, well, yeah. you know, the House of Dragons, and it was just a pug, and it showed up on a bunch <laughs> of Facebook groups that are Dune pug, I mean, pug groups and also Dune groups. People were like, wow, look, they totally ripped off Dune. I was like, as a pug dad, I was like, I'm proud of this moment. More pugs on TV. Yeah, and just uh, wrapping up on those locations. So we've already talked about the, the merits of filming in, in Ireland, whether it's the creative aspect or the financial aspect. Uh, but I think it, it is um, reassuring that they also went with Budapest, like that there's hopefully going to be that connective tissue between the, the movies and the TV series, even though the TV series is actually set, if they go with that story, 10,000 years before the, the events in, in the film, but it's still in the same universe. So like if they, you know, maybe some locations uh, in in common or at least uh, some of the, the, the themes, the, the architecture, I think that, that would be very interesting to have that feeling that, yeah, okay, this is happening, you know, millennia in the past, but it's still connected to what we've seen in the movie. Okay, so let's um, go into our last story of the day on the expanded news side. The Duneverse, books, comics, games, collectibles, and more. Um, we, we got the name for that open world survival MMO game that uh, Funcom has been been working on. Uh, so there was the cinematic uh, trailer was was released and we got a title Dune Awakening. And uh, yeah, it's um, really exciting to see the, the footage in, the, in that trailer, like the connection with uh, with the appearance of the, the movie, sim similar look and feel. Uh, so they, they haven't provided a, a date, but yeah, it's, it's coming. So this uh, this open world, uh, massively multiplayer online game uh, that's that's coming for, for Dune fans. And I'm sure we'll be getting a lot more news of that in the near uh, future. Uh, so Johnny, is, is this a computer game that would uh, pull you in? <laughs> so I have a couple feelings about this. Um, first of off, you do. First off <laughs> the trailer was very cool. Um, they nailed the hell out of that. Um, and it was buzzing around online and on Twitter and people were talking about it. Um, the design, like very much inspired and tied to the film, I would say, uh, this, the, you know, the litany, uh, being included was great. Um, the, the actual visual is obviously a cinematic trailer. So it looked fantastic. They, they spent money on that. Um, so I was like, oh, wow, this, this could be pretty cool. Like I'm, I'm very surprised by this. And then when I was reading more about and seeing everyone's reactions, I was like, hmm. I don't know, like this. Uh, what what's the, the the type of game, the genre that it is? Is uh, is no, Garen open world uh, survival M MMO? So it, it is yeah, going to be a multiplayer game where Massive you're interacting with, with right. thousands of players. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as in survival, yes. So once people were talking about that, and they were like, they were like, "God, oh, this looks so good." And then they're like, and then I saw it was MMO, and I was like, <laughs> uh, "Oh boy!" And I'm like thinking about it more, and like reading more about, it, I'm just like, damn. I was like, I'm still of the mind that I would love someone that wants to make a game that has like a story and like characters uh, that you care about, like to make it a Dune game. Cause I think that would be very special, whether it be, you know, I'm the big, the big studios I'm thinking about, like uh, it was Sony, they have Naughty Dog and Insomniac and Sony Santa Monica and, um, you know, other places, you know, there's opportunity there and it doesn't seem like it's really being, push yeah maybe it'll be a fun game i'm sure there'll be lots of people that enjoy it i mean all these subgenres of, of gaming have their fans of course and that's great um but i just yeah i don't see myself getting into it most likely or or spending money on it necessarily um but it was a cool trailer i'll give them that um but just every i, I was just reading all the responses it was like damn i really wish this was, this was any type of other game because i think people are, are itching for more dune um especially in the gaming space and that was just the vibe I got from all the responses. Like, wow, this is like really well done. It looks great. But they just don't, it just seems like no one really sees themselves like going for this particular type of game. So um, I'm not a gamer. I've brought this up several times before. I mean, in the past month, I bought a Nintendo Switch. Me and the fiance play Animal Crossing. That's our open world game. But um, I did pick up Zelda and I totally forgot this game was coming out. 
And as I was walking around, you know, Zelda, I was like, I should really make a Dune game like this. And I know, like, obviously this is, won't be supported on the Nintendo Switch, but I'm like, if they make a Dune game like this, I will buy a PS5, especially now that they're starting to show up and they're out in the wild. And then two days later, I think the trailer hit. I was like, oh, I should ask for more in the universe. But honestly, like my coworkers, like if you don't know, I work at Best Buy and everyone there is a gamer except me. And one of my coworkers comes up to me and he's like, you're going to hate me. I can't get into Dune, but that game, man, that game looks amazing. I was like, Ralph, I get it. Just watch Dune, you'll get into it. But more people are excited about the game. And if the game gets people to go back and watch the movie and maybe the show by the time the game's up, because like you said, there's no release date. Mm. It will be great for Dune that people will go back and see the source material. I mean, the ultimate goal is they'll go back and pick up a copy of, you know, Frank's original novel. But mm. I think it'll open Dune to a whole new type of people that weren't really excited about the movies or even the books. And just being like, oh, yeah, I played that game. Cool. I'll watch the movie. Maybe they'll see it on Paramount Plus or, you know, maybe Sony will have their own streaming service by that time. But I think it's beautiful. And obviously, the game plane will not look like that. But still, I like open world games. I think they're fun. They're more fun to me personally, sorry, Garen, than strategy games like Spice Wars right now. But I'm, I'm totally cool buying it and just walking around Arrakis you know, coming home from work and just spending a couple hours looking for worms and just riding a sandworm, I'm I'm down. Like, as soon as there's a release date, I'm like, I'm going to pre-order it and I'll probably buy PS5 at that point. That's the game that's going to make me go, okay, it's time to upgrade to a PS5. So, I mean, as a non-gamer, someone that gets crap at work because I only play FIFA and now Animal Crossing, um... Nothing I'm excited about that. this. Hey, Animal Crossing is fun. <laughs> Just, Tom owns my soul. If you play that game, you know what I'm talking about. So what I love about this podcast is we are absolutely honest. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, <laughs> I find it a little bit ironic that I'm the old guy who loves these games and I... I, I <laughs> I don't want I don't want to reveal how many hours I put into Spice Wars because I just love that game. And actually, the fact right. that Funcom is the is the studio on that, and that's the same studio for Dune Awakening. They own the rights to that, right? Um, I'm really excited about this. Like the idea <laughs> of going to a place that I read about and and you know, Johnny, I know I know what you're saying because because you're a very story-driven person. That's what you 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 focus in on that and, and it's the story that is that is interesting and that's true for all of us really mm. but the idea of them creating this world where where maybe story can be woven into it mm -hmm. um i just think it has a ton of potential um and as long as the visuals and you're right the cinematic opening is not what it's going to look like as we're playing it but if it can have that blend of the novel as well as uh, uh denise movies I love that idea because it, it's like revisiting the movie kind of from a different angle. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm super excited about it and I hope they do it right. Cause I think it could be really successful. And again, like, like you were saying, Simon, it does feed into, I mean, let's have every Dune uh, product be really high end. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause that only feeds into the, into the whole uh, fandom, but yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. <laughs> Here's a stupid, stupid story from earlier this year. I bought Le Lego Star Wars, right? The Skywalker saga. It is an open world game. You know, you do walk around as little bricks. I love Legos. But you know what? It made me really appreciate, except the Rise of Skywalker, it made me appreciate the Star Wars saga in a new light, just walking around that universe and just being like, dude, dude, dude. I completed all my missions. But walking in that environment made me go, yeah. Oh, I miss Star Wars, even if these are little bricks. And I actually went back and I rewatched some of those movies. And I've seen those movies a million times, but somehow I appreciated those movies a little bit more because of the open world. And it's just, you see, like this vision. With this game, you can go this way and see that part of the world. And like, I am a okay coming home and drinking some coffee, some spiced coffee, and 
riding a worm after a long day of work. So sign me up for that game. I mean, Harry Potter's doing <laughs> it with, with their Hogwarts game later this year. There is an open world Potter game that people are super excited about also. Yeah, to both of your points is like kind of my uh, denouement here is, is just thinking like, I'm not against the game by any means. And and honestly, again, I'm not as in tune with the gaming world as like Garen might be, for example. Um, because if people, if I didn't see those comments and read more about it, I would not have any had any idea of what the game was going to be like. I'd be like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Um, and it still could be, and it just could be just amazing in a different way. And once I see more about it, hear more about it, maybe it'll have like amazing reviews. And just like for this type of game, like it's a very good, like, you know, um, final product. That would be great. I mean, I hope it's great no matter what it is because it's it can feed the fandom and to Simon's point, get more people interested in the books, get more people interested in the films, which is all just kind of reciprocated. So um, I'll, I'm not I'm not keeping the door shut. I'll keep an open mind. We'll see what happens. It looks, I will say, based on the cinematic, it could be more of my jam than like Spice Wars, for example, because that's definitely way too above my headspace. But um yeah, I think it, there's a lot of opportunity and I'm sure this will not be the last Dune game that we ever see or hear about. So there's always more opportunities, but I think it's an interesting, I just, I did like, I think it was a very good piece of marketing at least was getting that, that first kind of a cinematic trailer out there and curious to see more. And, and whenever we hear more, whenever that is, um, you know, fingers crossed for it, but we'll, I'll keep, keep an eye out, keep an open ear to it. Yeah, and to, to, to that point, I would really love to see like an immersive like completely a uh, story driven uh, rpg like you know some, something like a, a skyrim or like a jrpg that, that's uh, you know in, in a dune universe and entirely focused on like going through this this whole whole journey and and adventuring i think that they're they, they definitely should should do something like that uh, at, at the same time like with with an mmo i would also say it's a misconception to say that there isn't a story because there is going to be like an, an overarching campaign like depending on how successful the game is they'll be creating content for it for years to come and like the story will evolve that the setting uh will evolve and you know players will will interact and sort of develop the the, the story in, in a way um so although like i i personally because of my, my work i haven't had much time to play MMO type type games, it, it is a it is a big time investment, right? But I do think it is um, the advantage there is a community because there's going to be like a, a whole community that's engaged with that game, uh, you know, uh, playing it, interacting with, with other people, and and it's a way to, to get into to doing as well. So yeah, I, I think it has a lot of uh, potential, but I definitely hope that they're also exploring uh, other video game properties as well. So I think that was uh, our show for this week. So some uh, some big big stories, exciting stuff uh, coming up. Um, yeah, bef before we we sign off, I guess uh, uh, it's it's worth noting that uh, there's another milestone, which is on uh, September 9th. It's uh, two years since we we opened up shop at uh, dunewsnet.com. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, come a long way uh, since since then. Like uh, we've seen, seen many trailers, we've seen the Dune Part One movie, and uh, interacted with. Uh, like an amazing community. I'm re really, you know, grateful for all the interaction that, that we've had. And I think this is, you know, really positive uh, community. There, there's a lot of people who are passionate about this and open-minded and, and welcoming to new people. Uh, so yeah, thank you all for the support. And we're, we're looking forward to serving you for, uh, for many years uh, to come in, in the future. So yeah, let's go ahead and, and wrap up. You know, Marcus, I hate quoting Zendaya every show, but like you said, this is just the beginning. Um, <laughs> congratulations on the two years. We've been doing this show for over a year now. And once again, it's just the beginning. Fan X, Utah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be our first con experience as a team. Um, we don't know what our table number is currently, but keep updated to social media. We'll have that posted. We'll tell you when our panels are. And if you're at the show, please stop by. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're not doing right. Ask us for maybe some swag. Maybe we'll give you something. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I'm excited. You can always find me on all the socials, S. Dowdy. Um, can it be that Thursday that we can take our flight and go to the con? I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Uh, congrats um, to Marcus, I got to say, for, you know, putting this all together as far as the the site and the show and um you know getting the chain the train moving out the station and keeping it on the tracks thus far um and then uh as far as the the convention is concerned also of course garen um it's in his backyard his home turf so 
uh, having those connections and being able to set that up for us and the fans, I think is really, really exciting. And um, yeah, may, may not be there this time around, but I, as, uh, as Simon was saying, this is only the beginning. So maybe uh, may not be our last con appearance or uh, in, in person kind of event. So I'm really excited about that opportunity in general and can't wait to hear and see things out of that. And um, again, thank you for all the support. If you want to follow me on social media, you can see me on Instagram, Twitter, letterbox at Johnny Sobchak. And uh, great to be back with the guys after a bit of a, a break, um, which was nice. But uh, hopefully we'll see things pick up over the next few months and into Dune Part 2 year uh, next year. Yeah, thanks to everybody who, who follows, who listens. Um, Marcus, I remember when we first uh, met and you, I, I had actually been to your website uh, before it all kind of came together, this team. And uh, I, I was just so impressed. And the fact it's been two years now and to have been a part of this has just been so fun. So um, we had kind of that year of waiting for the part one movie, which was a little disturbing, but um, it all came together and, and now we're, uh, we're riding the wave. So yeah, thanks to everyone. And, and we'd love to see anyone at, uh, at the Salt Lake uh, Fan X convention um, and appreciate just all the support for, for this show and for the website and, and everything that we do. So thank you. Yeah, this is uh, Marcus Gabriel, your editor at DuneNewsNet.com. Uh, stay up to date with, uh, with me and everything else going on at Dune at DuneNewsNet and uh, Twitter and Instagram. Looking forward to talk to you all uh, soon in person or next time on the show. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to DuneNewsNet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.